You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. For today's episode, I'm going to read from my most recent book. The title is Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. My book combines my Jungian-based coaching framework for self-reflection And to make it even more relatable, I weave in my personal stories of midlife unraveling, reconstruction, healing personal wounds related to sexuality and spirituality, and the anxiety of living life in a completely new way. The kind of writing I'm doing these days has roots back in February of 2013. I hadn't journaled since fifth grade, but something made me start up again. My first entry was, I can't live like this anymore. 1,200 pages later, my journaling continues to illuminate an ongoing partnership between my soul, which speaks through my unconscious, and my conscious ego for the purpose of finding meaning and guidance as my new unknown life unfolds. I didn't know why I had to study depth psychology, which interestingly coincided with the beginning of the end of my 24-year marriage, but my PhD research and writing helped me find the real purpose of my midlife unraveling and made me realize my experience was part of something new erupting from the collective unconscious. I also knew I couldn't possibly be alone, which is how I found meaning in my new uncontrollable urge to overshare. I started getting really interested in my own experience of life, and my writing not only helped me process intense experiences, my blog posts and short stories became a way to entertain and create space for others to explore their own experiences. Then, writing my first short story, The Fantasy, turned pent-up sexual desire into an entertaining story, and two more stories reflected the anxiety of figuring out my new life. I started seeing everyone's unique expression of being human as potentially contributing to the evolution of consciousness. That's why I'm on a mission to empower people with a framework for self-reflection that prioritizes listening to and decoding the messages of the soul, which are sent through the unconscious. I love taking the mystery out of otherwise difficult concepts, and I get off on helping people explore the guidance being offered to them by their unconscious in the form of dreams, obsessions, fantasies, personality type, films, and even anxiety. My writing and coaching, informed by my PhD work in depth psychology, makes space for conversation about topics that are difficult or embarrassing to talk about. With depth and often humor, my posts, stories, and books are inspired by my most awkward, intense, and meaningful experiences. You'll get a little peek into my nerdy mind and accidental sense of humor today. If you enjoy, I hope you will purchase my book or gift a copy to someone you think needs it. You'll find all sorts of links down in the description box. So let's get started with Chapter 1, The Discovery of You. Chapter 1 the discovery of you. Do you really know yourself? I want to get you excited about exploring the most important final frontier, your inner world. 
Like an iceberg, most of you is unknown. And just as the artifacts found by archaeologists help make meaning of the present, exploring your own life can do the same for you. Making sense of your current life will influence your future in ways you never imagined. Can you get through life without this depth of self-reflection? Sure, and many do. Others reach a time in life when what used to make sense doesn't anymore. Your patterns of thinking and behaving are what helped you survive and thrive up until now, but eventually some of those ways of responding to life's events stop working and start holding you back. If you don't recognize them, you will feel frustrated by why certain things happen in your life, and you won't understand that it is not necessarily others holding you back, rather a glass ceiling of your own making. The way you approach life now is a stepping stone to growing into the next version of you. Have you reflected about why you believe what you believe? Did you adopt your parents' religious beliefs or did you run the other way? What does your annoyance with certain people say about you? Are you the black sheep in the family? Why did you become a lawyer or a community activist? Do you know the real reason you got married? If you're struggling with alcohol, have you wondered what you're really craving? Do you wonder why that thing your mother always says makes you so angry or why you can't help saying hurtful things to your sister? Do you know why you're obsessed with certain Netflix shows or why you cannot watch enough superhero movies? Have you figured out what that recurring dream wants from you, the one where a plane crashes? Have you had the dream where your teeth are crumbling or the one where armed militia are chasing you through your childhood home? Why do you feel fear when someone expresses misogynistic ideas even if you're not in physical danger? What is your earliest childhood memory? Answers to questions like these are clues to discovering what a deeper part of you wants from you now. Maybe you don't want to know, because then you will have to shine a light on parts of you that are not pleasant to look at, or parts that you've been ignoring. And what purpose does it serve to peel away those stinky onion layers anyway? The deeper part of you can be referred to as soul, and the soul speaks to you through your unconscious. Lots of people have opinions about what soul is or means, but soul is how I describe the part of you that knows more about you than you do. Soul is part of you and at the same time transcends your physical form. Soul connects you to everything and everyone. Soul allows the source of creative energy to mix with your unique human experiences for the purpose of creating only what you can create. Soul is a perspective, a way of living life, a drive to find meaning, and soul is how we make meaning. Soul cannot be pinned down. Soul is a noun, a verb, an adjective, and an adverb. Scientific evidence affirms that unconscious forces direct 95% of our habits and patterns, automatic body functions, creativity, emotions, personality, beliefs and values, cognitive biases, and long-term memory. Not coming into relationship with your unconscious means foregoing acquiring knowledge about most of who you are. Exploring all this is not about reliving or getting stuck in the past, nor is it about punishing yourself or making excuses for bad behavior. It's more like being a witness or a companion to yourself as you reach into unknown parts of you and grab the things that will help you make sense of your current life. You'll begin to see things you never saw before as if you have been given a magnifying glass to reveal choices that never occurred to you before or that seemed possible. My story. The revelation that I didn't know myself like I thought I did was painful and humbling. 
I'm super aware I had bragged to people, so sure I knew why I had made the choices I did, why I disliked certain types of people, why I became a feminist activist, and why at age 33 I suddenly decided I was ready to be a mother. Then, at 47, it was like a trick had been played on me. I was surprised to have been nominated to receive an award that recognized my activism. And as I prepared my five-minute speech, a flood of memories rushed to the surface. I scratched out a list of 20 women who had encouraged me over the years. Of course you can do that, was always the push I needed to do the scary things required to become the version of me I wanted to be. Now, standing at the podium, I inhaled and exhaled and then looked up. My voice started out strong and then began to crack. Oh no, I thought. Tears were making their way up from a deep place. Sobs came as I read the words. I make a difference walking around being me. Embarrassment washed over me as I continued to have the kind of big cry you don't want to have in front of a hundred people. I couldn't move. I saw my 12-year-old son whisper something to my husband, who then got up and made his way to the stage to rescue me. In that soul-making moment, I learned that the deeper drive behind my activism was a desperate need for validation that I was good enough. Ironically, I could only see this once I realized that I was indeed good enough. It was an earth-shattering realization at the time, but three years passed without my awareness of how that insight had changed my life. I was 50 now and a student in the second quarter of my master's PhD program in depth psychology. It was a mystery why I was pursuing this education, and I'll talk about that later. During one of my classes, we were asked to explore our earliest childhood memories and how they could make sense of the trajectory our lives had taken. A pair of memories came up for me. The first was being bullied in elementary school, and the second was of the small corner of the playground where I played marbles, where I felt safe. My fierce desire to advocate for others now made sense, but what about all my other decisions? In the blink of an eye, my ideas about my own life were shattered. I panicked at the possibility I might not know the true reason for any of my actions, past, present, or future. Suddenly, I didn't trust myself at all. What a strange statement, I thought. Who is this part of me that trusts or distrusts? And who is the other part of me that needs to be trusted? Panic turned to excitement when I realized that this was why I was in the program, to figure this out and to discover who the deeper part of me was and what she wanted for my life now. But how did I get to that moment? Let's go back a few years, 10 years before I received that award. I was 38 and life was good. I was peeking at my version of being mom, professional, and wife, a version that did not fit into the conventional notion of success. Vindication is what I had felt about my refusal to choose between being a mother or a professional or desperately trying to do them both perfectly. Inside, I knew that the best thing I could do for my children was pursue my deepest desires. I thought that's what I was doing, writing my own story, charting my own course. One day I was on a power walk with my two children, ages five and three. Everything about our walk felt idyllic, one of those rare moments of feeling life was in balance. Something my son said made me pause and look up. What a beautiful sight, sunshine sparkling through the rustling leaves. But then I tipped my head to one side. A single ray was desperately trying to break through the spaces between the leaves. My heart ached as the comforting ray of sunshine turned into a burning realization that I had lost a piece of myself. 
My shoulders drooped, and I was overcome with sadness. I felt confused. It's not true, I told myself. It can't be true. I didn't want it to be true. So I tucked it away. Six years passed, and in the meantime, I had talked my husband into moving out of the suburbs and back to our old, more urban neighborhood. I didn't realize his agreement had been more like acquiescence and that our relationship had been deteriorating beneath the surface of our busy lives. My unconscious started getting more dramatic in its efforts to get my attention. One day, our family embarked on a short walk to Main Street, and a few blocks in it began to rain. I was excited to get caught in a warm summer rain, but my husband was not in sync with my romantic view of the situation. During the few moments spent arguing about whether to turn around, I suddenly felt exhausted at the familiarity of the moment. I became aware of the role I had been playing, constantly managing the relationship between my children and their father. I felt so tired. We walked into a pharmacy and scattered in different directions. I gravitated to the magazine rack, and I purchased an issue of Yoga Journal. Then we walked home. Later that evening, as I paged through the magazine in the privacy of the bathroom, the fiery orange and red logo for the Pacifica Graduate Institute program in depth psychology popped off the page and grabbed me by the shoulders. The image screamed that this was the answer to a question I hadn't even known to ask. The words on the website felt like a mysterious religious language full of symbolism that needed to be interpreted. My inner being was clear she had to have this, and I had never felt as certain about anything. But I was scared. My husband would not understand. He couldn't. He didn't. But I couldn't ignore that the survival of my soul depended upon pursuing this program. Another version of you awaits. Those strange events had been staged by another version of me, a version that had opinions and needs of her own. Answering the mysterious call to pursue the educational journey no matter the cost set something in motion, including the beginning of the end of my 24-year marriage. In that moment, I trusted the voice that had escaped the deepest part of me. She must know something I don't, I thought. It was terrifying, but I gave up the need to know how it would go. It took two years to start my new educational journey, and the courses mysteriously were presented in the order I needed. I made sense of many things, including a hidden motivation for marrying my husband. I'll talk about that later, too. If I hadn't surrendered to my inner being, my soul, I would not have experienced the eventual reconciliation of the opposing forces inside me. The treasure that awaited was deeper relationship with my feminine nature, my body, my sexuality, and the deepest part of me the bridge to what some describe as God. If I hadn't embraced the uncertainty that answering the call had involved, then I might not have found and unleashed a buried creative urge that now freely roams the earth. If I had not explored the root of the patterns of thinking and behaving that led me to show up in my marriage the way I did, I would have missed out on all the sexual and spiritual growth I have been able to experience. This is what I want for you. Your soul is speaking to you all the time through inner beings and forces that live, play, and argue in the playground of your unconscious. But are you listening? Or do you dismiss those fleeting nudges that come in the form of intuition or images that scream for your attention? When you do hear the whispers, do you understand the messages? I know you have days where you feel a powerful urge to do something different, and then another part of you uses logic and reason to push it down. Or maybe something from that deeper part of you has escaped through a small crack, like the single ray of sunshine that reached me through the small space between some rustling leaves. 
You can't ignore it anymore, but you feel fear at the prospect of making the decisions that need to be made to answer the call. There will be people around you who will be vocal about their disapproval of your journey to find your own truth because that will shine a light on the denial of their own. In this book, I will teach you how to hear and communicate with your unconscious, the realm of the unknown, the vessel through which and from which your soul communicates with you. Your biggest challenge will be conventional systems that have influenced your approach to life. These systems have helped you make sense of the world and your place in it, but these systems also drown out, distract you from, or invalidate your inner knowing, and they end up thinking for you. What better time than now to choose to loosen the grip convention has had on your life and to embrace the forgotten part of you that is seeking expression through your unique experience as a human being? C.G. Jung, Carl Jung, one of the founders of depth psychology, the study of the unconscious, suggested more than 100 years ago that the fate of humanity depended upon the self-reflecting individual. He suggested the collective psyche of a large group can be more like that of an animal, as reflected in its mob mentality. Avoiding self-reflection leads to the dangerous path of accepting as truth what would not withstand scrutiny by any measure of critical thinking. Allow this book to be your guide as you come into deeper relationship with yourself and others and see what begins to unfold. I hope you enjoyed chapter one enough to stay tuned for what comes next. Although I'm also hoping you're already intrigued enough to purchase my book and use it as a guide to find deeper meaning in your own super interesting life. All kinds of links are below. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.